Hey friends, welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren, and I'm so glad that you're here. Each week, I chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream that she's pursuing, or a passion to share with you. On today's episode, I get to chat with Heather. Heather is a wife, a mom to two boys, and she lives in a small town in Oklahoma. Heather and I met at a Facebook uh, Bible study group, um, which I'd never done before, but she led it and it was awesome. And we get to chat today about um, her ministry that she is involved with, with going into strip clubs and ministering to those women in there. But actually, unbeknownst to me um, and her, we kind of went off track and kind of delved a little bit into her past. And y'all, she is gonna give you a lot of hope and a lot of encouragement. If you have someone that has um, dealt with addiction before, this would be a great episode to pass along. She gives great resources. It's just a great episode and great conversation. So I love her and I know you'll love her too. So here's Heather's story. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Okay, so I've got to talk about how we first met, which is really odd for me. I'm really an, I don't like to do a lot of online stuff. (laughs) But I, really? No, I don't. I like it, but I don't want, like, I don't want people to know me. I'm really super guarded. Super. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, I would. Like, you're the first person, like, okay, so we met, I remember following Katie Orr on I think it was on Instagram and she said hey there's this new uh, first I heard her on the God-centered mom podcast and how she was doing her focus 15 studies and I was like oh I really want to do that and then I commented on her post and said yeah I want to do it and she was saying if you want to do it comment and I'll put you in touch with somebody and she and I did I was like that's really weird and then um, she's like, yeah, go to her Facebook page. So I went to your Facebook page, and you did it, and I joined, and I was like, I don't know these people, but I'm just going to do oh, it. And I yeah. did, and I loved it. Yeah, good. Katie's so good. She, um, I love her Bible studies. I don't know if I am exactly the person that God has created to lead online Bible studies. No, you did great. You did good. <laughs> oh, thank you. It was my first time, and I was just like, I don't. I don't know how to engage these people in a group, really. I know. It's hard because you don't know if people... I think one time you were like, okay, is anybody still there? I was like, yes, we're here. It was hilarious. (laughs) Because it's hard to do that. Like, how do you facilitate it and stuff? But I thought you did great. I thought it was awesome. I didn't know it was your first time. It was my first time to do anything like that. So I was just like, okay. But it was great. I did the everyday piece. That's the one we did. So Yes. And then after that, we started following each other on Instagram. And I'm serious. Like, you're one of two people that I don't know in real life that follow me. Really? I'm serious. Like I'm so honored. I don't mean to say that. I feel like I know you just from, like, stories and stuff. I know. I know. You, too. I love your stories. They're hilarious. Okay. So, anyway. Okay. So, that's how we met. Okay. So, tell me about your family. Okay. Um... My husband, Spencer, and I have been married about six years, and he is a, let me not have to explain his job, he is in 
hydraulics. He works for a hydraulics manufacturer. He's like a territory manager. Okay. And then I stay home with Jack, who is five, and Case, who is three now. Awesome. Yay. I love their names. Sweet. Thank you. Yay. Okay. And y'all live in Oklahoma. We do. Uh-huh. We live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, which is a college town of about 20,000 people. Um, we live in town now. We moved um, in June. We moved from my hometown to my husband's hometown. And so before we lived out in the country on uh, six acres and uh, we kind of realized that was a lot of upkeep for somebody who had babies at home and a full-time job. Yes. And so we've moved to town. We still, I like the place we're at kind of because it has a whole bunch of like trees all around our yard. It's a really old house. So it's got a bunch of, um, you know, some of that mature growth around it. And so I kind of feel isolated, like we're in the country a little bit, but it sure is nice to just be able to run over to Brahms real quick. And yes. Now, well, do y'all have Brahms? No, I was going to say, what is Brahms? It sounds <laughs> like it's I a just, grocery store or something. Yeah, I just forgot that that was kind of a regional thing. It's like a, um, it started out as an ice cream store <gasps> or an ice cream restaurant, but now they have hamburgers and all that kind of stuff, but they also have like a little um, produce section. Yum. Okay. A little milk and all that kind of stuff. I love it. Okay. So y'all are from Oklahoma. Both of y'all are from Oklahoma. How did y'all meet? We met. Okay. Listen, I'm about to, <laughs> I'm just going to have to tell you the whole sordid past. Okay. I know yours is usually a family show, but we're talking about um, adult things today anyway. <laughs> yes. I met Spencer when I was like, I think I was about 24 and he was about 27. And it was when I moved to Stillwater to go to college, to go back to college, um, I had gone for two years, and then I quit because I got married, stayed married for about a year and a half, got divorced, mm -hmm. and then I was kind of just like floundering around because, mm -hmm. you know, it was a short marriage, but when I got married, I didn't know it was going to be short. Well, so, sure. like, your life plans, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was kind of like, I don't know what to do with myself, and mm -hmm. my dad one day said, well... I was really hoping I wouldn't have to tell you this, but you're going to have to go back to school and <laughs> finish your college. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And my sister was in Stillwater going to college. And so that was all at that time in my life. Just everything was so overwhelming to me. It was like everything was changing. And I didn't know what to do with myself. Sure. Um, but having my sister here, my younger sister, actually, she was in school here. And that just made me feel like, I can go there and she'll help me. She knows how to like right. enroll there, where to park and stuff. Yeah. And so we lived together, which that was so much fun. Mm, I bet. It was so fun. Um, I'm only 18 months older than her. So um, I lived with her and then I met Spencer. I was waiting tables. And after I got off my shift one night, I went over to one of my friends' house, my friend's boyfriend's house she had a new boyfriend and she wanted me to meet him and so I went over there and Spencer just happened to be there mm. and uh actually he had gotten his wisdom teeth out that day mm -hmm. and so he was like 
out it's of still it. loopy, kind of, you know. <laughs> His friend was like kind of babysitting him, I guess. And uh, I just, I didn't know that at the time, but I was just like, oh. who is that guy? He's so weird, you know. <laughs> That's so, awesome. That was that was our first meeting. That's he, I don't think he even remembers that. Probably not. Was, you know, yeah. Probably not. How funny. Okay. Yep. And so then y'all started dating. I got saved when I was eight, um, and he did too. But my parents got divorced then when I was nine, and after that, um, I don't know, you know, some people feel like it doesn't um, affect them as much, but for some reason, I don't know if it's the age I was at or what, but it just like, I hate, and sometimes I hate talking about it because I don't want to make my parents feel guilty or any of that kind of stuff. They're great parents. Right, <laughs> but absolutely. my parents splitting up at that age, I really feel like the enemy used that, you know, because I had just become a follower of Christ. And then right after that, my parents split up, and I was just, like, so lost. Mm. Um, and so there was a lot of prodigalness. Mm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. kept, I would come back, I would repent and feel like, um, feel like I needed to do things I, I, to... You know, my spirit and my flesh were battling, and my mm-hmm. flesh was, like, always winning for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so when Spencer and I met, he was not drinking. He has... Um, there's a history of alcoholism in his family, and so he was not drinking at all, but all his friends were, mm-hmm. and I was like a fish. I mean, mm-hmm. it was... It was party central all the time for me. Right. And so that was kind of like what the beginning of our relationship was like. Like mm. he would drive me around. You know? <laughs> and you'd be doing your drinking yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'd go to parties and stuff and he, he wasn't drinking, but I would. And would. it was just kind of that like party lifestyle yeah. for a yeah. while. And Do you feel like that was something you were still trying to cope with, with your parent, like growing up with your parents or maybe your divorce that you were trying to still cope with? Yes. Like, everything was a mess, and I never realized it because it feels stupid as a grown adult to think that your behavior oh, right. um, is still affected by something that happened when you were nine. Yeah. Um, and something that's so common that so many people go through, and so you kind of tell yourself, like, it's really not that big of a deal. It's not traumatic. It's not like I was abused right. my whole life, right. you know? Right. And so I think... Maybe not necessarily that my parents divorced, but things that happened from my parents' divorce and um, lies I was believing mm. affected decisions I made. Right. And then those decisions turned out bad, and I was believing more and more lies and just mm. so... Um, the truth was so buried under so much junk that I... and. I was drinking when I was excited about something to celebrate. I was drinking when I was stressed out, when I was sad. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I what my brain wasn't processing any emotions. I just wasn't maturing um, as a person or as a Christian. I was just kind of like. Just existing. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't think I knew anything that was going on like deep inside right. me. Right, sure. 
So how did you get out of that kind of cycle? Really, the major thing, you know, I would try to quit, um, and I'd get busy doing other things, and I mean, I had a job and stuff. It's not like I was just drunk 24-7. Right, 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 right. um, When I got pregnant with my son, I was 28, and um, at that point, I was a lobbyist, and there was a lot of going out after work with friends and having drinks for happy hour and stuff like that, and so I wasn't doing that now, and it was just kind of like boring, you know? It wasn't a big deal not to drink when I was pregnant, but it was like I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> but then, after he was born, I had postpartum depression, and um, my hormones were like a wreck. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And no sleeping, and I felt like I, I wasn't working anymore once he was born. And so, I just felt like I was doing everything wrong. Uh, you know, how can I keep my house clean and the laundry done and take care of this baby and mm-hmm. cook meals? Like, right. I just, I struggled in that transition. And so, during that time, all I wanted to do was drink. But right. I couldn't because right. I had a baby to take care of. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah. so, at that point, I realized, like, this is a big problem Mm. you know um -hmm. I think before then I always thought well I just drink because I have nothing else to do and it's fun right um but at that point I realized like that's where I was going for comfort Uh um right and so that is when I began having a daily quiet time Mm. let me also say I did get on medication for postpartum depression and I'm happy I did and I encourage anyone who's dealing with that to talk to your doctor absolutely because my brain was just like out of control all the time Mm -hmm. but um that's when I started having a daily quiet time and I had never done that before I really didn't understand practically how that worked right and I started listening to podcasts and I found Kat Lee inspired to action Mm -hmm. and she does the hello mornings Mm -hmm. And so I got on her website, and she had a download for um, Maximize Your Mornings, I think is what it was called. And it was like a free little ebook, and it kind of just walked you through, like, how to have a morning quiet time, even if it was just a few minutes. Right. And how to, um, I think there was another part of it, like, write down three things that you can get done today that's going to make you feel like, you know, you accomplished your goals for the day. And they were simple, doable things. And, um write down what you're going to do about supper. Mm. And so you th- you would think about it first thing in the morning. So it wasn't five o'clock and you're like, ah, I forgot to lay out anything. Right. So, um, that was probably life-saving for you. I mean, at yes. that point, you know, with a small baby and dealing with postpartum depression and just needing some guidance for sure. A hundred percent. It really was life-saving. Um, and I had no one, we were kind of living out in the country. This was before we lived in my hometown and, there, I didn't know anybody around there. I did not have a church home. I had kind of just like been trying out different churches. And so it's hard. And I feel so much empathy for anybody who is like a new mom and is by themselves. But had that not been the case for me, I would have had other things to depend on. I would have had people to depend on instead of Jesus, and I may never have figured out how to do a quiet time, and that was, like, mm-hmm. life-changing, and right. then I became, like, a quiet time evangelist, like, <laughs> I was driving people crazy, I'm like, you need to get up earlier, I'm serious, 
Is okay, that- I love you so much. That's awesome. That's so funny. Well, and so from that point, so then after that, do you, did you ever like feel like the need or feel, I mean, I'm sure you were still tempted that you wanted to go out and drink. I mean, that was still a huge temptation, I'm sure. Yes. I, and that's okay. I'm glad you asked me that because I have a big heart for, um, like inner and spiritual healing. And that's kind of one of those things that I never understood. I really never understood the really spiritual side. Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy to say, but no. like I was a Christian and I understood like you read your Bible and go to church and stuff. And that's the, those practical things. But like, um, the spirit world is real. And I never had heard of strongholds before that. And that's really what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is sometimes when we have a hurt um, and we don't respond to it by giving it to God, by turning to Christ, we respond sinfully, whether we intentionally do that or not. And it can lead to strongholds. And that's what happened to me with alcohol. I realized later And I had a good friend um, from one of my Bible studies at church. I was probably 30 at the time. I think my, I think my little boy is probably two and I had just had another baby Mm, (laughs) and I was back in postpartum depression Mm. and I had a friend in Bible study who had gone through that as well. And so she asked me if she called me one day and she's like, I know this is kind of weird, but do you have anybody who like speaks into your life and is like a mentor? And I was like, no, do you want to do it? <laughs> like, yeah, I really, you know, I think um, that'd be good. That's so awesome. we started meeting and it was really just like kind of surface level at first. Mm-hmm. And there were little things that kept happening along the way that I would ask her about that had to do with spiritual healing Um, It's like God was giving me like one step at a time. And part of that was um, Heather on the God-Centered Mom podcast. She went through some of that herself, I think. And on one of her episodes, she said, if you ever feel like you do not feel the love of God, you believe in him and you know that he loves you, but you don't feel it, then please reach out to me. She's like, you know, you may need prayer because you're missing out on something that you don't even know you're missing out on. Right. And so I was like, well, I don't think I really know what that feels like. Like I don't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a difference between what was in my head and uh-huh. having it translated to my heart. Right. And so I emailed her and she kind of walked me through some things, asked me some questions. And so I talked to my mentor friend about it and she said, okay, I knew when we started that this is where this was going, mm. but it couldn't be my idea. Mm. I was just letting the Lord lead you. And I am so happy. But she was also so nervous because she's like, this is really deep stuff. And I've never done it with anybody, but like, if you want to do it, I'll do it with you. And we went, we ended up going through a book called the steps to freedom in Christ by Neil Anderson. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And he also wrote the bondage breaker, right? Is that maybe maybe he re renamed it? Maybe so. I think he I haven't read that because it. it's this was like a workbook. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I bet that's it. Mm-hmm. 
And so it was really intense. Um, she had her mom come over because her mom had prayed with people for spiritual healing. And they arranged for her dad to watch my kids and her kids oh. that day. It was so sweet. And um, I left that day. It was really intense. I <laughs> Had I known what all it was, I don't know if I'd have been brave enough to go through it with a friend because it asks you every single sin that you could have ever possibly committed. And there were things that were embarrassing that I did not want to admit, but it was kind of like, I've come this far, you know, like we're already in this yes. mess. I'm yeah. just going to tell you everything. Exactly. And so we did that and um, just prayed throughout the day as we went through that book. And I left and I told my husband that I really, I mean, that's fine. Maybe some people need to do that. Like, I guess I got a lot off my chest, but like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's really going to like change anything. Right. A few weeks later, we went out for Valentine's Day. We had a babysitter and we got a hotel room for that night. And we drove past, we just happened to drive past a bar we used to go to all the time. And one of my best friends um, hung out there a lot. And he said, do you want to stop and see if she happens to be in there? And I was like, yeah, that would be funny, you know, if we just pop in. And so we went in and sat down and had a beer and nobody we knew was there, which was like miraculous. Mm. And we finished those drinks and he said, do you need another one? And I was like... No, I really don't care about it for some reason. I don't want one. Like, wow. normally, it, it's like if I would have one or two, I would have ten. Like, really? I just didn't have self-control related to it. Right, right. And um, Do you attribute we, that to what y'all had been going through? We left and went home, and um, I realized, like, the next day, I was like, I'm not hungover today. Mm -hmm. And I had a babysitter last night. I could have been. Right. And like at this time, I was still in Bible studies. I was mm. having a quiet time. Right. But it was like, if I had that chance to drink, I I just couldn't stop myself. Right. But then that day, I realized all that stuff that we talked about yesterday, it was really real. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. It was really real. Like the spiritual strongholds were really broken at that time. Wow. And so... I, I was surprised, even though there's things you believe with your head, but then you see evidence, you're like, wow, oh my gosh, it's happening to me. Yeah, like, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you so, ever feel that drawback? Have you ever felt the drawback to go back to alcohol? It has never, I mean, I might, if we're at dinner or something, I might have a glass of wine or, and I'll be honest, I've tested it a few times because I wanted to see like, if I drank one, what would I feel like? Right. There are a lot of times where I might only drink one, but inside me was like screaming for more. Mm. It's kind of like, I mean, it's like a smoker, right. you know, like you might go somewhere, you've quit smoking, but you go somewhere where people are smoking and just like. You know, you feel that urge. Right. So I have tested it stupidly. That's dangerous to do if you've ever had a problem with alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, but every time I have just, I don't feel that it has any control over me. It doesn't produce awesome. that desire or those urges. I guess mm -hmm. uh, the Lord gave me self-control in the moment, but he's over time just changed my desires. Mm, that's so good. It's so good. That's so <laughs> Thank awesome. The Lord for freedom yeah. from that because that's 
a depressing thing to feel like, um, you know, that you're under control of these things mm-hmm. and uh, you just feel hopeless and helpless mm-hmm. against it. One thing, like, I try to tell people is you don't try to quit doing that stuff before you decide to become a Christ follower because a lot of times what people are like, I want to. I want to be a Christian, but, like, I don't want to give this up. I can't give this up. And it's like, don't worry about that. Come to Jesus because you can't get rid of it on your own. He's the one that's going to help you. So don't even, don't Don't think about that. God-centered mom had a good podcast episode. It was um, Francie Winslow. I think it's called For Freedom, Be Set Free was the name of the episode. It was like 33 or something. It was a long time ago. Okay. But that's a good one because it gives you kind of five steps. I think she calls it the five R's, like Mm -hmm. recognize the lie, repent, Mm -hmm. and replace it with the truth. That's another important part, I think, is, um, you know, like in the Bible when it says a demon was cast out and seven more came in its place. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you can get rid of Mm -hmm. your stronghold, but if you don't replace it with the truth, if you don't Mm -hmm. counteract that lie, you're just going to fill that hole up with something else. So, I encourage anybody, y'all email me. Yeah. I will talk about it. Um, well, and I think. Or get that book. Well, I think that there's, yeah, that book. What was it called again? The Steps to Freedom in Christ yeah. by Neil Anderson. And I think it's such a, um, I don't know, a hush hush thing, you know, that people yeah. don't talk about yeah. it a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of people struggling with this. And I'm, mm-hmm. and, and Christians struggling with this. And yes. maybe people that are really feel the call to or feel the need to, to give their life to Christ, but they haven't done that yet. And mm-hmm. maybe they're just, you know, in, in the middle, in the midst of decision-making for that. And, you know, I feel like they're in bondage. And so yes. I appreciate you sharing that for sure. I'm happy to, I'm the biggest oversharer of all time. So <laughs> if anybody wants to know anything, just ask me, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, okay, so all of that, and then kind of how did it start with you with the Heather B. Project? Because you have, were a lobbyist, and you were working full-time before you had kids. And then, so take me through the journey of after you had kids, and you went through these struggles, and then what kind of changed for you that you wanted to do something on the Internet? Yeah. I have really always had a blog, whether it was back when MySpace was a thing and you could blog on there Uh or whenever, um, I think in like 2007 or so, I started a blog. Um, One was, it was Oki in the Know. I had a little political (laughs) science degree and was real big on the news and I thought that I would, (laughs) I thought that I would uh, like, it was sort of the idea of like the skim, if you've ever read the skim, um. Just kind of like news headlines okay. and like a little bit about what was going on. Okay. I lost interest in that. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing was I worked at a feed mill. I was a feed mill foreman. So I like made cow feed. Yes. And all the crazy stuff that like went on in that place. It was like a soap opera. <laughs> and so I started another blog called The Feed Lady. Ah, I love it. I lost interest in that. Yes. And then I had crawdads in my sink. That is what my old blog was. Oh, my And that, <laughs> that came from a trip that Spencer and I took um, when we were dating, and we went and trapped crawdads 
in Arkansas. Oh, my word. You need to write a book. This is amazing. Uh, that was really fun. But um, so that Crawdads and My Sink was where I would just like post funny, like goofy stuff that happened in my life. Yeah. Well, then I started feeling like I was kind of outgrowing that name. Uh-huh. And I was hearing that you need to buy your domain, like your name. You need to own that website. Because, you know, everybody's buying websites. What if you want it someday? And by this time, I was like, oh, the Heather, you know, Heather Brown is a common name. There was nothing close to that. And so what I really wanted was heatherbrown.com, but that was impossible for me to get. And so that's where it became the Heather Brown Project. And really, that has never had much of a direction to it. I just kind of do, I just kind of do things as they pop up. So I've never, um, used it to make money or anything like that, but it was kind of, I was just documenting like stuff my kids did and, you know, mom blog stuff. And, um, so I've posted some things about, um, you know, I post like spiritual things, but really when I started getting into Instagram, I don't have a need for a blog that much anymore because the things that I want to post and stories have changed my life. I love doing stories. I do too. I'm such an extrovert, and like being at home with kids has been such a challenge in that way. Mm-hmm. But stories, I feel like I'm like talking to my friends. Yes, awesome. it's the best. Love- and if you say something, because I'm not really that great at, at live. I'm I'm very good at it. <laughs> I, I like myself edited, but it can go away okay. in 24 hours. So yes. if you don't like it, then it's gone. I know. <laughs> I know, because there's so many things I would want to post just to tell people about, but I'm like, I really don't want that up there for all eternity. Right, exactly, and the stuff that you post on just Instagram, it's like, I want it to be, you know, through my certain filter, like, you know, like, yes. this is what it is, but then some of this other Instagram, I feel like you can know people better through the Instagram, yes. like, you know, the women are be encouraged, but you know their life, I like that mm-hmm. a lot. I do a too, lot. I do too. Okay. Okay, so tell me, um, when I started following you, I started hearing about Eve Sisterhood. So tell, if somebody doesn't know what Eve Sisterhood is, tell me, uh, tell them what it is. Okay, probably a lot of people don't know what that is because it is a local organization in Oklahoma City. Um, I, and it is a strip club ministry. So it's a group of women who go into the strip clubs every month, um, twice a month now, and just minister to women. And the way that I heard about that was I was listening to a podcast yet again. Do you see what work <laughs> yes. you're doing with these podcasts? Yeah, I love them. I, and I really can't remember who it was. It was somebody in Texas. It could have been Emily Thomas at Mom Struggling Well. It could have been God Center Mom. It could have been Cat Lee. I mean, right. it, could it could have been, been Jamie a, Ivy. It could be any of them. Right. One of them Texas lady podcasters. Yeah. And uh, she had on somebody who was in strip club ministry on her show. Mm. And I was sweeping the kitchen floor, I remember, and I thought, yes, this is so needed. And this is like my place. This is what I should be doing because I've already been in strip clubs. When I was living the party lifestyle, I was not a stripper, but like we have a few drinks and get bored at our regular bar. And they're like, hey, they got dollar beers over at the strip club. You know, we go. I'm telling you, I was wild. I was up for anything. (laughs) Well, my mother probably die if she hears this. (laughs) Well, and if 
you, I mean, but you see how God took that in a really rough part of your life and how he's transformed it. So now you feel led to this ministry. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's all right. He will redeem anything, the craziest stuff. And so when I heard about that, I still have little babies and I was like, I just can't be out at the strip clubs in the middle of the night. And I also kind of knew, like, I don't know if my husband's going to be real big on this idea because, you know, he's thinking the kind of men that are in there and he's thinking, is this safe? Right. Definitely. Luckily, he's real easy to get along with. So he'll usually, I'll usually be able to talk him into it if I really feel led. But um, it was kind of just something I held in my mind. Well, later on, my mom and I were going to a retreat, just like a weekend women's retreat. And the worship leaders there were um, from Jesus Said Love, which is a strip club ministry in the Dallas area. And I think they may actually have branches all over Texas now. Oh, wow. Um, And so she just kind of mentioned that in passing as she was getting ready to sing her song. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have got to talk to her. I've got to. And I think that's when I was um, doing my podcast that I lost interest in as well. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, here's what I feel like. I feel like God kind of, like, gives me messages, and I feel like I've got to get them out. Mm-hmm. And then once they do, I'm like, okay, I have nothing else to say about that. So <laughs> that's like, kind of how my podcast was. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, um, but you go for it. it. That's the best part. You go for it. You do it. You know, I have the problem with doing things. So that's awesome that you just do it. Let's do this. Sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes (laughs) it's not. But, um, yeah, so so I think I asked her to be on my podcast maybe, and it never worked out with our schedules, but, um, I asked her if she knew anybody in Oklahoma that was doing it. And she's like, no, not really. So I just started Googling. Strip Club Ministry, Oklahoma. Wow. And I found some email addresses. And so that's how I found um, East Sisterhood. And I got involved with them as a um, communication strategist. They were having a time of big growth. And so they kind of wanted to um, get a strategy mm-hmm. for how to communicate online. Yeah. And so I did that. And I um, started just volunteering and going in the clubs with them. So what do you do when you go in the clubs? Okay. So, and there are, I feel certain there are probably strip club ministries in every state at this point, but each one may be different. Strip church is an organization that has different branches, different places. And so if you're under the strip church umbrella, you may do things one way. And the ones under Jesus said love does things one way. Um, the way that Eve Sisterhood works is all the volunteers will meet at a central location before they go out to the clubs, and they're going two Friday nights a month. And so the first Friday, they're only going to a smaller number of clubs so that they can spend longer there. And what they're trying to do then is take in food. Because a lot of the clubs will let us go into the dressing rooms. And so sometimes we can just show up and be like, hey, we brought burritos, you know, can we come back and put them or we brought cookies or whatever. And they'll let us go back there and then we can just chat with the girls. Um, The other night is when we hit every single club and we take about 200 gifts 
for the women. That's about how many women we interact with on a Friday night. Wow. And it is, we always try to take nice stuff. Um, sometimes people will think, well, like, what about like hotel samples of lotion or whatever? But really, we really want to give them, um, our best, mm. the best we can, because we want them to understand how valuable, um, they are and how much we love them. Mm. And it's a no strings attached situation. We just want to go in there, give them a gift. And usually it'll have, there are some clubs that will not let us leave contact information, right. but hello, it's the internet age. Like people can find you if they want to, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. but when we can, we leave business cards that have like a phone number, website, mm-hmm. email address, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, like just get a hold of us however you can if right. you want to. And so um, we try, we will help them find resources if they ever reach out to us. No question. Okay. We will do that. We do, we try not to provide the resources because we don't want, we want it to be a relationship, right? Not a transaction Mm, where like, well, if you call Eve, they'll give you some money or, you know, whatever they may need, but we can put, we can help them find those type of places. Do you see that the owners of the clubs, do they ever, um, you know, block y'all from coming in or do they ever like have specific, rules that y'all have to follow? Yeah. And it is, um, that's something people always want to know too, is like, how do they accept you? You know, um, but Eve has been, um, together since about 10 years now. And so they've developed relationships with different clubs and there is a high turnover rate. Um, the managers change a lot. So sometimes you have to start all over, but, and a lot of times the bartenders say there's a new manager. A lot of times the bartenders will yell out, you know, Oh, that's the church ladies. They're fine. You know, let them in, (laughs) but it's just building up a relationship of trust that we're not coming there to try to get the dancers to quit their jobs. Mm -hmm. We're not coming there to try to drag them to church. Right. Of course, we're Christians. Everyone's invited to church all the time. Right. But um, that's not what we do. We just go in there and we explain um, when there is somebody new, we explain that we are just there to offer support to the girls. And a lot of times that's a help to the management because that is a volatile lifestyle. A lot of times, um, the girls may be fighting. There may be, um, addiction issues. They may be having problems finding a babysitter, you know, there's all kinds of things that, um, just cause strife in that lifestyle. And so a lot of times the managers are like, yes, she needs someone to talk to. Um, one time, a manager let a girl come out to our van and pray with us just because she was just really distraught and he was sweet. He wanted to help her. And the men are always, I don't want to say always because there could be a, you know, yeah. but the men are gentlemanly and there's some clubs where they walk us back out to the van just to make sure we get back out there safely. We try to park out and because we don't want to roll up, in the church van in the front of the plates and like turn people off or it's a, it's a fine balance because we are coming boldly 
with the Holy Spirit of the living God inside us. But we are also coming humbly knowing that they do not have to let us in. Right. And so we have to um, walk that fine line. And there's at different clubs, you can do different things. Some do not mind if you go in the dressing room and pray with the girls. Some do not want any of that. Right. Some want you to just drop the stuff off and get out. Mm-hmm. Some want you to drop the stuff off at the door and they'll hand it out. Gotcha. And, you know, when they say that, it's like, thank okay. you. Thank you yes. for letting us leave it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we look for those opportunities to be able to build a relationship more with the dancers, but, um, you know, God's in control. So, so have y'all, what would somebody, if somebody wants to get involved, maybe in their town in this type of ministry, what would they do? Do you think? Well, there are some different things you can do. And I do want to make a point to say that, um, a lot of times what I have found is for some reason, men, I don't know if women also think this, but I hear a lot like that. They think that strippers make just tons of money Mm. and that is not the case. Most of the time they're not doing any better than anybody else. Mm. Um, so (laughs) I do want to make that point. And also, um, it's estimated that 66 to 90% of women in the sex industry were sexually abused um, at some point in their life as children. So to anybody who feels, and I understand this, if you have never had any interaction with this type of lifestyle or somebody who's been through these things, you think that, um, They're just doing it to make money or they just like this wild and crazy. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, and it's, it's almost like a generational trade for some people. Like this is how grandma earned a living. That's how mom earned a living. It's just what you do. Right. Um, and so there is a large, large component. The enemy has really, it's disgusting how much control the enemy has taken over sex in our society. And it's nothing new there's always been prostitutes there's always been you know these kinds of things but um you know it's all tied together porn strip clubs abortion uh the dissolution of the family unit um it's just all connected to the way that the enemy hates people right he just abuses us and so um that's what happens a lot of times these women are sexually abused as children. And so they believe that lie that that's where their value is. Mm. And so that's where they go. Right. Um, so I would encourage everybody to pray about this. You can sign up on their Facebook or at their website, which is Eve sisterhood.com. Okay. There are also resources at Jesus said love.com. Okay. And, um, you can Google your city name. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Mm. If there is anything where your spirit is, um, you know, quickened mm-hmm. at the thought of this, mm-hmm. I really encourage people to pray about it. And these ministries also always need money, just mm-hmm. like every other ministry, right. because they buy these gifts. Right. And the more money that they have, um, they don't necessarily have to spend it just on the monthly gifts. They can 
grow and spend it on counseling. They can spend it on healthcare. Um, yeah, there's so, so many needs, I'm sure. Yes. Eve Sisterhood has kind of its own vision for where it wants to go, but um, different cities will have different needs, and um, it's just a great place to donate money, time. If you, It's so fun. Like, we have a great time. Um, <coughs> it's just a bunch of girls driving around the city in van. We jump out, give people hugs, tell them we love them, you know? Right. Love it. Get back in the van, pray together, listen to some praise and worship, and then we go to the taco truck at the end of the night. Yes. So, love it. If you're a wild, crazy woman, this might be your place. <laughs> I love might it. Be your ministry place. I love it so much. I love it so much. Okay, well, thanks for sharing about that because when I remember reading mm-hmm. it on your Instagram and I was and I follow East History, I was like, this is amazing. I had never. I mean, and I'm obviously probably in a bubble, but. I had never really heard of this ministry. And you just know that there are others out there like this. I hadn't heard of it either. And um, when I did, I was like, this is genius because these girls are not going to go to a church. Mm-hmm. you got to go to them <coughs> instead of That's right. asking them to come. I mean, you know, That's definitely right. invite them, like you said, to church. But mm-hmm. we've got to go to them. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much bravery would it have or what it takes to walk into a church when right. you're doing that, you know? And so we got to go to them. And I just really think that's where Jesus would be. I just think these are the kind of places that Jesus would be hanging out. Yes. You're so right. You're so right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. Thank you for wanting to talk about it. Yeah. So let's move to our Eat, Read, Pray, Love mm-hmm. segment. And what is your what is your favorite book or what are you reading right now? Okay. What I'm reading right now is nothing, and I need to start something because I just finished. Well, I'm always reading How to Read the Bible Supernaturally by John Piper. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. That's awesome. I read it, and I'm like, what? I have to sit on that paragraph for like a week before I can go to the next paragraph. Right, right, right. That's a good so book. Like, I hadn't heard of that. John Piper? Yeah, John Piper, How to Read the Bible Supernaturally, and um, it's really cool. He gives scriptures um, and little, like, acronyms to help you remember how to pray before you begin reading and um, just how to get in the um, in the right frame of mind, how to, you know, have your spirit in the right place before you start reading so that um, you're really— you know, you're walking in the spirit, you're praying in the spirit, but you're also like reading the word in the spirit. Right. Okay. But I just finished the, um, an Enneagram book. Have you heard of the Enneagram? Yes. And I am like obsessed. I think <laughs> Me too. A, I think I'm a nine. I can't remember. Okay. I've got to take the official test. Like I just did yes. the free one and I'm like obsessed with it. Yes. I'm only done free ones too. And they always say I'm a one, but then one the other day said I'm a seven wing eight. Okay. I could see that too. I don't know. It's hard for me to commit, I, you know, I can't remember. like, I don't know. I know. I, just, I can't remember what the nine is, but I just remember, I think I'm a nine. I'm like, I need to, I need to research it. I can't remember what they're called either, but I think they are the ones that are non-confrontational and they yeah. kind of understand each Type. Like, sometimes it's hard for them to know there are nine because they identify with every other type. Oh, really? So they understand people. They're very okay. empathetic. Okay. I can see that. Okay. All right. That makes sense. 
So what are so you? I, what's the one? What does that mean? The one I just read. Oh, it's a perfectionist. Yes. You are my husband. <laughs> That's yeah. what he is. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what book is it called? The book that I just read is called The Road Back to You, and it's by Ian Crone. Yes. Cron. Yes. He, he, was on, he was on the Hope Writers podcast a few yes. uh, yeah, months ago. So He, he sure was. Amazing. I heard that. Yeah, I love it. And that. he has a podcast called The Road Back to You. And so, oh, yes. Yeah. I just subscribed to it. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. If you want to okay. learn more about all the types, they kind of talk about them a lot. So Good deal. Okay. I just, right just finished that book, and I'm okay. still kind of like thinking about the ones I need to go back and read. But it gives yeah. an overview of each type. I like it's it. kind of like your basic primer. Like, it doesn't go too in-depth. It's yeah, a yeah. quick read. Okay. I'll have to get that. Pretty what good. I like about the Enneagram is it's like... I really like the, like, Myers-Briggs and yes. all that stuff, too. Uh-huh. But what I like about the Enneagram is it tells you, it helps you understand your motivation and your biggest fear, which a lot of our motivations are based on our fears, you know. And so I never want to live in fear. And so to understand that stuff, I think, I think it's, um, it can be a chain to, um, spiritual healing i think that that can be a part of it to understand yourself right and why you're doing things you do so yeah that's what i like about neogram okay love it all right that's on my list too all right what's your favorite snack i love the snack what's your favorite snack? okay i eat everything all the time <laughs> there's literally two things i don't like and that is root beer and smoked oysters yeah yuck yuck right <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Everything else I love. Awesome. But my real weakness, um, I drink black coffee like at home. And when I worked in my office, I always drink black coffee. Okay. But if I'm so, I really love like flavored iced coffee. Uh-huh. I just don't make it as good at home. So I just right. am lazy and take it black. I also, I try to eliminate those calories when yeah. possible. Yeah. But once or twice a week, I got to go spend, you know, $4 on a coffee. Yeah. It's so good though. That's like, awesome. Well, if I let myself go crazy, I drink like three a day. Yeah. Well, and they have it, you know, when it's in the cup and then they have that little, I'm not a koozie, but like the, the paper mm-hmm. ones that you just, it yeah. just, it's comfort. So good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what are you praying for? Okay. A lot of things. Okay. Like you ever get overwhelmed? Like how am I going to pray about all this stuff? Yes. Yes. I have to write but, it down or I'll forget them. I mean, really. I know. That I know. Things. I have to do that, too. Yeah. But one thing that it's kind of a constant for me is just for direction on what I'm supposed to be doing. Ever mm-hmm. since I became a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. you know, you have your kids change so fast. And so kind of your routine changes right. all the time, I right. feel like. Yes. All the so... Time. <clears throat> Sometimes you have time for this thing, and then your routine changes, and now it's different. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like I'm constantly in that transition of, like, what should I be doing? I mean, I could spend all my time just having a clean house. Yeah. Like, that could literally yeah. take up all my time. Right, right. But it's not very fulfilling for me. No. <laughs> so. I'm with you on that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I would love for one of these things the Lord gives me to be something that makes some money. Yeah. 
<laughs> but nothing has yet. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. But I like that praying for direction. That's good. Yeah. That's we all, all the time. Loved. Yeah, all the time. Love it. All right, what are you loving these days? I, speaking of praying for direction, I really like my cultivate what matters. Write the word journal that I got. Okay, so good. I have been struggling. Jack started pre-K, and my kids didn't go to school or daycare or anything before this. And so my quiet times were different. Even though my kids were early birds and got up early, like, right. we had slow mornings. Right. Now, as mm-hmm. soon as they wake up, it's, like, just total chaos. Yes. And so I was having trouble getting my, like, morning quiet times adjusted. And nighttime doesn't work very well for me because I'm fried. My brain is yes, fried at night. Yes, all of us. Yes. Um, and so when I went to, I went to the live recording of the God Center Mom podcast. I saw that. Was that just the best ever? Yep. It was really fun. Um, I felt kind of crazy because I drove from Stillwater, Oklahoma to Dallas. And how long was that? To go. Four hours. That's awesome. But I love driving now that I have podcasts. I know. I used to hate it, but now I feel like it's such a good time to listen. It's the best. I can do it at home while I'm doing the laundry or getting ready or yeah. the, the road. That is the best time to listen to podcasts. I agree. I agree. <gasps> so when I went down there, they gave us a swag bag and that was in it. And it's a beautiful journal. And I know it's so good. And it has like, um, the, it just solved my quiet time problem because it basically says, like, at the top, like, what I'm thankful for today. What is today? You can put the day or, like, a fun day or my birthday or whatever you want to put. Right. And then it gives you a little verses to write, like, I don't know, about about this much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of paragraphs to write. Okay. And then on the back it's of that page, it says... Um, what's on my heart today. So what I'll kind of do is I might do like a few bullet points and then just write out a prayer about yeah. those things, yeah, love it. which really helps me organize it. Sometimes when I'm praying just to, you know, quietly, mm-hmm. or even if I start praying out loud, I get distracted by like mm-hmm. things, yeah. but writing it really helps me to like yes. make sense of what I'm trying to say. Yes, me too. And then at the bottom, it just says my word for today is, such and such, which oh. it's hard for me to think of one. Sometimes oh. <laughs> I can't think of a word, but That's I love it because it doesn't have dates. It's not like a devotional in order. Right, right. Make sure that you get some Bible every morning, mm-hmm. even if it's just a little bit. Right. And a little minute to pray. Um, and so it's just helped me. I kind of needed like it. I needed an outline or a guide or something right, right. to help me like start over. I have so. to. I have my prayer journal from Crystal Witten and it's lettering like, you know, letter, but I have to have a guide. Mm. I have yeah. to, you know, it's just, yeah. it's needed. Is that the same company that does the power sheets? Yes. And I got the power sheets the first time this year. Okay. So what are those? I keep hearing about these power sheets that I need in my life. I feel like now don't listen to me because I'm not an expert and Laura Casey probably is, but I feel like the name power sheets kind of give you a different idea of from what it really is. Okay. It comes in like a notebook. It looks like a planner and I haven't really dug into it all the way, but it is about um, setting intentional goals for yourself and your life and your time. No matter if you are a stay at home mom or a corporate single working lady. I mean, 
whatever you do with your time. Okay. And it's kind of like that. It's like just a little guide with like prompts because my, I'm too, I don't want to minimize people having, people having ADD, Mm -hmm. but like if a doctor told me I had it, no one would be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a real problem for people, but like, I really might have it. (laughs) But it's like, this helps you because it's not just like, what's your goals for the year? I'm like, well, do you have 12 days for me to tell you all of them? So this kind of helps. To kind of fine-tune it, probably. Yes. Okay. It helps you narrow down um, and get specific. With And I'm not intentional. I'm not very organized. So having that really helps me not feel like I'm just wasting all my time away. So I haven't dug all the way into it, but that's awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. That's awesome. Okay. It was Good like deal. 50 or $60, so yeah. well, don't tell my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell them when you get the box at the door. Yeah. It's like, uh uh-uh. Okay. I'm going to have to get those because I keep hearing about it, but Mm -hmm. they sell out like every year, I think they say. Like real fast. I know. So I bought it in a panic. This must be like a big deal. Yeah. I'm like, I'm late to this bus, but. Um, I'm going to do some stories about it okay, do like that. as I, I go through it. Yes. So I'll tell you like the honest truth okay, about good, it. Good. Good. Okay. All right, so where can people find you if they need to email you about, maybe they have questions about strip club ministry, or maybe they have questions about just um, your life and your story, and um, just to contact you. How can they do that? Sure. My email address is thehetherbrownproject at gmail.com, and anybody can email me there. That's fine. I am on Instagram quite a lot at heatherb, as in brown. Heather B. Project. Well, good. Well, I encourage y'all to reach out to Heather for sure and go follow her on Instagram. For sure. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. I am so honored that you had me on. Absolutely. I've been wanting to have you on and it's good to see you in (laughs) person-ish. Not really in person, but anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, I love chatting with Heather. I love how real and open and honest she is about her story and her struggles. But um, if you want to email her, if you have somebody that's in your life that is going through addiction or you yourself are going through it, know that you are not alone and feel free to email her, um, direct message me. And thanks so much for joining me for the podcast. Um, This is the last one before Christmas, so I hope that you and your family have a very, very Merry Christmas. And when we come back in January, I'm going to be starting weekly podcast. Every Friday, you will have a podcast episode to be dropped right inside of your app in your phone. So go ahead and make sure you subscribe so that you will not miss any of the episodes coming out. We've got some really great guests coming up. So make sure you're subscribed to that. And I hope you have a great Christmas and Happy New Year. And I'll see you in 2018. Thanks for listening. Remember, be encouraged. Share this with a friend. We are all friends of a feather. Let's stick together. See you next time.